Well, I'm excited to jump right in with the message. I get the privilege of speaking to you this morning. Pastor is speaking over in kids. Uh, and so for those of you guys who don't know me, I am Pastor Chris. I'm our executive pastor here at Destiny. Excited for what God has in store. So let's jump right in. Sound good? Hope you, hopefully you've got something to take notes with. We've got note cards in the back. If you haven't got a chance to get those, I would encourage you to get them. If you've got a notebook, notepad, something, get it out to write down. I say this all the time, but I believe it is vital. How many of you want God to speak to you? Then let's be prepared to listen, okay? Uh, I don't say that because I'm the most amazing speaker in the world, but I say that because I believe there is something that God has in store for your life today, and we need to always be prepared for what it is that he wants to speak. So, if you've got your notes, if you've got your note cards, the title on your note card says, Loosen Up. Can I start off by telling on myself this morning? So, uh, we are, I'm actually changed the title of my message, and I want to tell you a little bit about that. See, started looking at what God wanted me to speak. I prepared my message, and it's like, okay, God, you know, we're talking about like preparing the soil of our life for the message, for what God wants to deposit in us. This is going to be good. You know, you till up the soil, loosen up. That'll be a good, clever title, you know, that people can get, walk away with, right? How many of you realize you don't need my clever title? We need to bring revelation that deposits and empowers people to do something that God's called them to do. So just really walking through this week, I just really felt like God was just speaking to me about that. So I want to, if you want to, to the side, just write out, prepare for rain. And here's why. See, the first part spoke of our participation. But prepare for rain speaks of us preparing ourselves to wait for that which only God can do. See, and I believe there's something this morning that God wants to do in your life that only God can do, but the way we receive that is by preparing ourselves and positioning ourselves so that we are ready when God moves. Are you with me? How many of you have ever found yourself in a situation or a circumstance and you just thought, man, God, I need you to do something right now? And right, because life was a panic. Something went wrong and you didn't know how to respond. This morning, I want to talk to you about how to prepare yourself so that you know how to respond and when situations may come that are from left field. So I want to talk to you about a parable. I'm going to be in Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23, and it's the parable of the sower. So we're going to jump right in. It says, then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And he, as he scattered the seed, the seed fell among the path, and the birds came, and they took it up. Some seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plant was scorched, they withdrew because they had no roots. Verse 7, other seed fell among the thorny ground, which grew up and was choked out by other plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where the soil produced a crop, a hundred and sixty or thirty times what was shown. I want to skip to verse 18 because Jesus then begins to explain this parable a little bit. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone's heart hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away and snatches away that which was sown in their heart. This is the seed that falls along the path. But then there's kind of a transition that happens here. Verse 20, it says, The seed that falls on rocky ground refers to someone whose heart 
hears the word and once receives it with joy, but they have no roots and they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but worries about life and the deceitfulness of wealth chokes the word and makes it unfruitful. But the true... I'm sorry, but the seed falling on good soil refers to one who hears the word, understands it, and produces a crop. Now, I know I read a lot of scripture. I want to jump back and kind of break some things down because I believe there's a lot in our life that we can learn when we start looking at the words of Jesus. Amen? Anybody ever read the Bible and you realize there's so much you missed because you didn't understand the context of what was being said? See, I grew up right here in the Dell City community. I grew up, in fact, the house, when I went to high school, my parents still live in. It's about a mile and a half that direction. And I grew up mostly in this area. How many of you realize there's not a lot of agriculture in this area? You didn't drive past a farm to get to the church, right? So when I read parables about farming and soil and planting, I'm like, cool, they threw seed on the ground. It either did something or it didn't do something. And if you threw it in the right spot, then something happened. If you threw it in the wrong spot, then you're an idiot. Why did you throw it in the wrong spot? Like, that's how I read that, right? Anybody else ever read that? Maybe you word it different, but you get pretty much the same gist, right? See, then I married this small town girl. It sounds like I'm going into a country song. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right? And her dad has a farm, and I went out, and he's, I'm looking at the farm, and he's telling me stuff about it, and I see this field, and I'm like, why does this field look like this? That one looks great. This one, yeah, not so much. And he's like, oh, well, they never reseeded that field, and he starts talking about all these things. I don't want to talk to you from the perspective of the sower today. I want to talk to you from the perspective of the field. Because this is, you heard me say there's a transition that happens. There's part of this that says there's seed that fell along the path, Right? And then everything else that's talked about was sown. I believe there's things you simply are born with, gifts, talents, abilities that God gave you that we simply see spring up about our life regardless of whether we're in church, out of church, connected to God, or not connected to God. How many of you realize if God created you to be artistic, you're going to be artistic in the church or out of the church, right? There are aspects of your life that you will simply see begin to come to life and wonder, man, that's amazing. But if we get that talent in alignment with who God created you to be, it comes to life on a whole new level. You with me? So I want to talk to you a little bit about that in the context of the field. See, I learned something talking to my father-in-law about he, he's, so, he's got wheat right now, but he's done alfalfa and all kinds of things, and they go through and they till up the soil, right? Anybody ever heard that word before? How do you till up soil? Turn it over. That's right. You turn it over. I want you to get this because I feel like this is really good. In order to prepare a field for the seed, you've got to turn over the soil. You take that which was hard on top and you dig it up so that that which was soft and watered underneath is brought to the surface. See, if you want to really sow seed, We've got to learn to pull that which is underneath to the surface before we have a space that's prepared to sow a seed. Are you with me? Let me ask you, how many of you in your life feel like you are prepared 
for God to really develop something and deposit something in your life. If we're honest, very few people in the room are going to raise their hand to that, right? There's a few of us that are like, yeah, I'm ready. And there's some of you that are like, mm, maybe, right? Like, that's probably 60% of the room. It's like, mm, I, I think so, maybe, but it kind of depends on what he throws at me, right? So I want to challenge you this morning because when you start looking at turning over the soil, it talks about rocky ground. See, the thing about rocky ground is when you come to a rock and you're tilling the ground, you have to actually stop tilling. Get out and remove the rock. You've got to address the problem before you can have fertile soil in the area. Are you with me? You've got to begin to be able to turn that over. You've got to address the issues that are there because if not, it can damage everything you're wanting to do. So we start reading about some of these seeds were sown on rocky ground. What does that tell me? Some seeds are sown into lives of people who don't want to address the issues and remove the problem so they can truly be healed. Anybody relate yet? Uh, that can be a little bit painful at times, can it? Like, yeah, that's right. Mm, that's maybe me. Right? Well, what about, okay, but there's these people that, that, you know, they've got no roots. They're shallow. Well, let me ask you a question. How connected are you to the church? See, I find a lot of times people are like, man, I just don't feel like home. I just don't, you know, I show up and I don't really know anybody. The message is good, but it's not really connected. How often are you at church? See, I want you to hear me. You do not have to attend church to be saved. You don't. But attending church sure will help you develop some relationships that are going to be vital for your life. Well, I need support system. Who's going to help me move? That's called a community group. We got a table out. Community. Right? Well, what about when I'm in the hospital? Who is it that's coming and visit me? Pastor, is that you coming and visit me? I don't know. What's the group of people that's connected to you that's going to know exactly what's going on in your life that can be praying for you in that situation? Show up in that situation. Can a pastor show up in the room? Yes. Does he carry any more power of God than anyone else in this congregation showing up in the room? No, it's the same God. I don't know about you, but I don't want just one pastor showing up in the room because he carries the title of pastor. I want a group of community of people to show up in the room that are praying believers that are going to agree with me that power happened in my situation. See, in order to keep the soil loose, it has to continually be turned over. That means we come to a point where anybody ever noticed in life, it's like, man, I feel great. I feel so good with my relationship with God right now. And then like a little bit of time goes by and it's like, God, I'm, I'm so dry. Anybody ever had a dry season? Yeah, you know what happens when you go and till a field and it gets dry before you have time to plant and to water? You know what you got to do? Till it again. But that can be painful. What do you mean? I just went through all this. What do you mean? God wants to walk me through something else? Yeah. Of course he does. Why? Because he's always trying to prepare you for the next thing that he wants to deposit in you. If you're filling in your blanks, here's your first blank. God doesn't just want you to live a faithful life. He wants to empower you to live a fruitful life. See, here's the thing. If we allow the soil of our life to be cultivated 
if we're willing to remove the obstacles that try to squash us out. Now, there's one I want to pause. I, I skipped one here, and I believe it is vital. What about the one that refers to someone who worries about life? And the word is choked out and becomes unfruitful. Let me help you really quick because I'm on my camp here for just a moment. How many of you realize worry can be the killer to the progress that God wants to bring in your life? See, we live in a society that is so focused on, but I feel depressed, but I feel worried, but I feel I've got anxiety. Can I help you with something real quick? As Christians, it's time we start producing fruit and stop throwing it. Here's what I mean. Anybody ever notice you're drawn to people who have a good countenance? You notice that? You ever see somebody walk through a hard time and they just stay happy and you're like, what's wrong with you? You know what, you know what just happened there? It produces a moment where you're able to sow a seed into someone's life. What do you mean? Hey, man, I'm so sorry. I heard you lost your job on Friday. That's all right. What do you mean that's okay? I'm, I know I lost my job, but I'm just, I believe God's got something better in store. Okay. One of those Christians. I see how it is. Okay. Right? Next Friday. Hey, man, I know it's been a week now. How are you feeling? I put out some resumes. I just really, you know, I know God's going to open up some doors. I just believe, I've been faithful in the things God's asked me to do. I believe he's going to be faithful to me. Like, what? I mean, I believe that week one. But, like, we, we're week two, and you still got that same conversation? See, my favorite is a month later when they come in, like, okay, how you doing? You mean to bring you some dinner? No, actually, I got this amazing job. I am actually make more than I made before, and I have less responsibility than what I had there, and it's actually freed me up to have more time with my family. It's freed me up to, what? I mean, you realize now you have a testimony, like, that's incredible. How'd that happen? Well, I told you God was going to be faithful. How many of you guys think that's a lot more effective way to reach this world than saying, what do you mean? You're worried. Well, you just need to have more faith. See, we need to produce more fruit and throw less of it. Right? I mean, I, I, I hit on some topics a moment ago that I guarantee some of you in the room kind of flinched when I said. Right? We start talking words like depression. Or we start talking about anxiety. We just need to worry less. How many of you guys think that's helpful? No. It's kind of like telling somebody who's drowning, just don't suck in water. You think? Right? But we get this culture where it's like, hey, you know what? I've got the answer. Here, let me just lob some fruit at you. You know what? I know you're dealing with anxiety. You just need to worry less. You mean you get angry, you blew up at your wife, you guys were having a, struggle, a hard time and you got mad? You know, you need to stop getting angry all the time. I know what would solve your problem. You need to just have more love. I think you guys think that's the approach most of the world views Christianity takes to their problems. Would it be easier... If we stopped telling everybody what was wrong with their life and started showing them the fruit of God in our own. 
You have anxiety, you know what? Man, I used to struggle with the exact same thing. You know what I discovered? Instead of being worried about everything, because that's really root in, in trying to just not worry, because you can't just not worry, but I actually realized that worry wasn't really about worry. It was about the fear of what might happen. And when I realized I was actually addressing a spirit of fear in my life, I was able to go back to the Bible where it says, perfect love casts out all fear. And I was able to take that into my life and begin to pray around a situation, and it transformed my thinking. And guess what? I don't struggle with that now. How many of you think that conversation just might open up a lot more opportunity to see transformation in the world around us? We need to produce more fruit and throw less of it. See, Pastor talked last week, John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life to the fullest. Not get by. Life to the fullest. Produce fruit. Why is it that I need to till up my soil all the time, Pastor Chris? What does that even mean? I'm going to till my soil today. That means are you getting in the Word? Are you diving in and dying to yourself today? Well, but that's not easy. Well, yeah, nobody said it was going to be easy. I said it was going to be worth it. Anybody ever start working out? It ain't easy in the beginning. Can we be honest? It's not easy a year later, right? You just start to create a habit because you like what? Why do we create a habit to continue working out? Because we like the result? Never said it wasn't going to be easy. I never said it was going to be easy. I said it was going to be worth it. Well, I'm going to eat better, and I'm going to try to do more about my life because everybody knows that's enjoyable. Do I want a carrot or a honey bun? Oh, a carrot sounds delicious. No, it doesn't. You just like being able to see your feet versus not. See, we begin to produce habits in our life because we like the outcome. When you begin to produce fruit in your life, I promise you will like the outcome far more. When we allow the soil of our life to be tilled up, well, how do I do that? It means getting honest with people, getting open with people. What's the community group you're connected to? What's the area that you serve? Well, I'm busy, Pastor Chris, I know. What got you connected to this place? Well, I walked in and somebody greeted me out front, and it was just the most welcoming, loving place I've ever experienced. That's the number one thing I hear when people come to this church. That's great. I'm glad you're connected. I'm glad you were loved into a place of understanding the love of God that he has for your life. Now, are you ready to go love others so they can discover what God showed you through somebody else's willing and available sacrifice? Well, I'm busy, Pastor Chris. So were they. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I said it's going to be worth it. See, so often we want it easy. Anybody ever plant a garden? I did that. I'm not great at it. My youngest son, Rowan, asked me, she's like, yeah, can we plant a garden again? Because last year we didn't because we were like, mm, we tried that. It failed. <laughs> we had to go out and we had to find the spot, tear all the ground up, put new soil, like, till the soil up so I can plant something in it, and then I got to go out and I got to pull weeds. I got to water it every day. You weren't created to just be faithful. You were created to be fruitful. It means you better start pulling some weeds in your life. You better start watering that which God has deposited in you so that you can begin to produce the fruit that God's deposited in you. 
How many of you think there's some people in this room that would probably benefit a lot if we would actually allow the things that God put in us to come to life in us, through us? How many of you think more so than this room, this community would be affected a lot if the people in this room would allow the things that God has deposited in us to move through us? What about the city? The state? See, you realize we don't have the market corner. Do you realize that? I'm going to break, break some of your hearts right here. I know we are an amazing church, but we're not the only church that gets it. But let me help you with something. There's a reason the Bible says that we are many members, right, but one body. How many of you in here love breads and pastries, bread, pastries, things like that, right? Can we be honest? Don't be ashamed, all right? I know I was just bashing honey buns, but I'm right there with you, okay, right? I know I got some of the gluten-free people in here that are like, no, that's the devil, right? If you like bread and you like pastries, I mean, you know, you need a wheat farmer, right? Otherwise, we don't have that. But all my gluten-free people in the room are like, yeah, I don't care about the wheat farmer. I need some corn farmers so I can actually eat something, right? How many of you realize if all you had to eat your entire life was corn, you would probably be lacking in something? You with me? And you realize if all you had to eat was flour, you'd probably be lacking in something. How many of you realize the church has different deposits of revelation that we all need together so that we have a complete table? See, we're not the only church that gets it. We're just the only church that carries the revelation that God created us to carry into our world. You with me? It's not about being like somebody else. It's about understanding who God's called us to be. And you know what I bring to the table? Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the question for you is what do you bring to the table? I, that's the deal. We need to know what I bring to the table. When I'm gathering together, what do I bring to the table? What is it that God's put in my life that I bring to develop other people? Are you with me? See, I believe one of the things that our church brings to the table is we bring the prophetic. We bring a loving embrace for community and for people and for family. There's a lot of other arms and a lot of other things that we're involved in, but I think those are two things that we do distinctly well. How many of you guys would agree? How many of you guys think that's something that we probably need? I hope, because that's our main book, right? How many of you realize there's other churches, they may not do those so well, but they might do something else great. It's not because we've got it all figured out, and if everybody would just be like us. No, if we would just be us. Some people are going to be drawn in, and we're going to be able to help and transform the lives of those around us because we're being who God's called us to be. Allow the soil of your life to produce the fruit that God's developed and planted in you. See, a lot of times what we want to do, though, is like, okay, I'm going to protect. I'm going to protect what God's given me, so I'm going to shut the world out. I'm not going to do anything with the world. I'm going to concentrate to this room. Let me guys realize, and I want to be really clear here because some people misquote this a lot. Jesus spent a lot of time with sinners. Jesus spent a lot of time with the crooks, with the prostitutes. He got outside of himself, and he spent a lot of time with them. But let me help you. 
Because often what we say is we've got to separate ourselves from the world or we've got to fully embrace the world. I want to challenge you with the concept of being in the world but not being of the world. It's almost like it's a scripture. That means I'm surrounded by people in the world. I'm investing in people in the world, but they're not who's investing in me because I've got a group of people around me to help me, a community group maybe, a church home maybe, that's going to invest in me and pour in me and develop me so that when I walk out of this, this place and I go to my job, there are people there who don't know Jesus, but they can see him through my surrendered and available life. Or maybe when I show up at the gas station, I can listen and God can tell me to pump gas for the person beside me. And they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? You trying to steal my wallet? What do you got going on? No, God just told me to do that. And they break down in tears. They say, I only had $5. And that was all I was going to be able to get. And I was hoping it would make it till payday. But you just filled up my tank. How did you know? Because there's a God who loves you. And I didn't know, but he knew. So he sent me to help you. And now many of you realize, now you've got interest into somebody's life. See, if we successfully shut ourselves off from the world, we've inadvertently eliminated our ability to reach it. So I want to be really clear, though. Jesus did spend time with those people, but they were not his core people. His core people were who? The disciples. And even, and catch this, even inside his group, there was a smaller group that he spent even more time with. You hold on, there was a big group that he spent a lot of time with and a smaller group that he spent even more time with. If we could just model that in the church world, right? Maybe if we had a Sunday gathering of a large group and then a community group gathering of a small group. Wait a minute. You mean there, we could actually insulate our lives in a way where we're not living message to message, but we're actually walking this thing called life out together with people and impacting the world around us on a deeper, more meaningful level? See, we've got to understand, God created you for a lot more than where a lot of us have been willing to settle. But I got fruit in my life, but I've got this producing in my life. It is until things get hard. And then you shrivel back, right? See, developing roots sounds great until you realize it means we've got to turn over some of the things in our life in order to develop soil that will allow those relationships to develop. How do we do that? Remove the obstacles, get rid of well, the insecurity, get rid of some of the things that begin to plague us in our society. Well, I've got to be better than this person. Well, they make their nicest house, their nicest house than mine, so I don't want houser than mine. Is nicer than mine? Right? Who cares? That just means now you got a better place to go watch the Super Bowl. Hashtag bless, right? It's your perspective. Well, but I mean, you don't understand, Pastor Rob. I mean, I would love to have people over and be a part of a community. I can't lead a community group. Great, but can you be a part of one? Well, I mean, Pastor Chris, I understand what you're saying, but I can't sing on the worship team. I'm not, you know, I'm not really that friendly, so I can't be a greeter. You know, I, you know, I mean, I've walked through this crazy past. I mean, you probably don't really want me up in front of people talking. 
hey, so you know there's other people that walk through that crazy past. Maybe it would be good for them to see the fruit of somebody's life to give them help and hope in the middle of that. Well, you, but that didn't happen here, right? That doesn't mean it's not an extension of here. You mean I got gifts in me that I can use outside of a Sunday? <laughs> you better believe. Can I just be honest for a second? If the only gifts that God's given us we use are the ones that can be used in here on a Sunday, we have missed the point of God putting you on this planet. The vast majority of ministry doesn't happen right here. In fact, this should be the place we come together, we celebrate, and we're encouraged to leave and go do ministry out there so we can come back and talk about what God's doing in our world and celebrate it and be developed to do it better. It's almost like, but what if I had this idea that, you know, somebody over here, maybe Belinda's like, hey, I'm going to reach, I've got a heart to reach the homeless in this world, and she can go out, and she can get blankets, and she can collect, and she can help people that are homeless, but maybe she's out here spending all of her life and her extra time doing that, and over here, Caleb it's like, you know what, we've got this heart to help the homeless. You know, we could, we could have this inroad in this connection here and produce meals for people that are homeless. That would be great. We could do that and we could partner and we could try to get this together. So he's spending all of his time investing to try to help people because that's what his heart's for, right? And then what about over here? You got Michael. He's like, you know, I've got this heart for people that don't have a home. And maybe if we could get people to open a home and give them a room and a place to sleep, we could really help show the love of Jesus to them. How many of you realize those are all great things? You guys realize they need a place to come together and be like, wait, your idea and your idea and your idea can come together and we can actually transform somebody's life because Christians work together instead of just trying to do everything on our own. We've got to cultivate a life that's willing to be open to the things that God wants to deposit in us. We've got to stop closing ourselves up because what if I get hurt? What if I tell my idea, Pastor Chris, and people think it's dumb? Let me help you. Someone will think it's dumb. Let me just start off there. That doesn't mean it is. I guarantee you the first time somebody said, you know, it'd be cool to fly, they were like, you are lost your mind. But there were a couple brothers that thought, you know, this might work out. Just because someone thinks your idea doesn't fit or doesn't work doesn't mean it's not a God-given idea. So surround yourself with people that can invest in you and help you. Get vulnerable. Cultivate the soil of your life to a place where we're coming together. And, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Maybe that's a stone that's trying to squelch what God's doing in your life. Turn it over so that you've got somebody else speaking into that to help you in that area. Are you with me? God's wanting to develop you. He's wanting to help you. He's wanting to produce something through you. Not just showing up and doing what we do on, this is my Sunday obligation. As I sit, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I do my thing. Jesus didn't give his life for you to show, to show up to church and do your thing. He gave his life so that you can be the church and transform the world. Your last blank, we need to live in anticipation and expectation, not obligation. I'm going to show up at church today because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a Christian. I mean, I'd like to be at the lake, so, Pastor, you better hurry this up. Or you can show up this morning with anticipation 
God, what do you have for me today? What's the deposit you want to bring into my life that's going to transform everything about me? So when I hit the lake later this afternoon, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying forget the lake. I'm just saying take Jesus with you. Right? So when I walk out of here, I'm carrying something of revelation that's going to enrich the lives of everyone I come in contact with. See, we've missed this idea. We think it's like, but i, I got to throw away everything I love so that I can follow Jesus. No. Incorporate Jesus in everything you love. And guess what? The things you love might be part of the assignment that he's put on your life, but you're trying to separate them instead of making them cooperate and really bring something to life in the heart and the lives of people around you. Well, I mean, I like to hunt, Pastor Chris. How is that going to help people? Well, I don't know. I can tell you a few families that are hungry right now. I never thought about that. Some of your wives just got nervous in here like, no, stop, stop, Pastor Chris. <laughs> right? But do you realize we could actually use the things we like to impact our world? We've got to have a vision beyond these four walls. We've got to have a heart that softens, says, God, do whatever you want me to do, whatever that looks like. That means... I may not spend all my time focused on me. I might spend that time trying to discover how you want me to focus on others. It's almost like there's this cool verse that says, he who refreshes others himself is refreshed. It's almost like when you spend time investing in others, for this crazy thing happens and you actually feel better yourself. Anybody else in the room, you like to give gifts? Like that's not one of my like love languages, but I like the surprise. I like surprises, so that's a surprise to me. Like, I'm just as excited to get a gift as I am to see your response to the one I got you, right? And that, like, that's why it, I got any gift shakers. You're like, you're like, what's in this thing, right? Christmas present, you like trying to unwrap it. That makes me, I want to punch you in the throat. Karate chop for Jesus, you down. I'll bring you back from the dead, but I'm about to kill you, right? Like, don't look at my present. That's as much excitement for me when you open it. Don't ruin it. See, this is the thing. God's given you gifts to give other people, and part of his excitement is simply watching you operate in the gifts that he's given you. If I get the band to start to come back up, I want to challenge you with something today. Your action point. I'm going to give you an action point before I even get to the altar call. Take a step to go deeper in what God's called you to do. Okay, how do I do that? I'm getting there. That's why I told you action point first, so you were thinking about it. See, I believe today's assignment was to awaken us to something, begin to cultivate the atmosphere of our life in a way where we're ready to receive that which God's already gifted to us. So what are the gifts God's put in you? What are the things that you love that are part of the assignment God's given you for your world? See, we've got this whole cool thing, right? It's, tw it's 2020 vision, like see the invisible, do the impossible. We're going to do all this stuff, right? But what are we going to do? We're going to do it all. What? what? But it's invisible, so I can't tell you. It's, it's not. It's because it's inside of you. You with me? So when we discover it, when we see what God's purpose is, when we see what God's given us, then it allows us to know what we're able to do with that which has already been given. Are you with me? We can find things that are born out of you. It's almost like God set us up because he's like, hey, you know what, let's do this, 20 points of impact. And then 
Your word for the year is going to be see the invisible, do the impossible. Well, how much would our world be changed if Christians began to do the impossible in their world? Immensely. All we got to do is see the invisible. Means all we got to do is discover that which God's already placed inside of us and bring it to life in the world around us. These 20 points of impact. I just want to read through. Uh, we don't have 20. We've already got 21. And I just want to tell you some of those places, and I'm telling you these for two reasons. It's the illustration I used a minute ago. If you're here and you're like, man, this is my heart. I would love to be involved with this. Then pay attention because I'm about to tell you 21 areas that are available for you to partner with and bring the vision and the idea that you have to make it better. Maybe I'm going to read this. You're like, man, but none of those. None of those hit that hunting, you know, whatever that is, right? Great. Now you know what's there, so you know what to bring to the table. Anybody ever show up to a party and you're like, hey, what do you want me to bring? Do I need to bring a dessert? Do I need to bring a dip? Do I, what do I need to bring? Why are you asking that? Because what you're really asking is what is everyone else bringing so I can bring what's lacking? Mm. Pay attention. What are the 20 points of impact? Is there a thing I can cooperate with here, or do I need to bring something that's lacking? We talked a little bit about Care Portal last week, which is an online platform that we can give to vulnerable families in need and provide things to help. We've also just started this last Tuesday, a 24, seven days a week, 24 hour a day, prayer partnership with America Praise, where we as a church are going to be taking Tuesdays, and we're going to literally pray every hour of the day. And there are churches all over America that are going to be in to do this so that every day of the week, every hour of the day, there are people praying for our nation. How many of you guys think that's something significant? We've got a men's support group addressing pornography. It's five weeks long, starting in February 16th. How many of you guys think that's an epidemic in our culture that we need to address? Let me tell you real quick, that's going to be a place you're going to have to get vulnerable. You want to address an epidemic? You have to plow some ground. Oh, but I don't want to remove this rock from my life because then people know what's underneath it. That soil will never become fertile if you don't move what's blocking it. We've also got a women's support group. How many of you realize this isn't a problem that just addresses, it affects men, it affects, it affects everyone in the culture that we live in? Let's stop blaming. Well, if men were like this, no, if we would get our act together, hear me, get our act together, what does that mean? Be vulnerable with a God-given desire and stop misusing it and misappropriating in different areas and actually enrich the lives and the families that we have, the marriages that are in partnership. Are you with me? Women's, I'm sorry, I already said that one. Destiny Business Courses. This would be courses that specifically designed through our Destiny Leadership Institute to help business leaders in our community. Partnering with transitional, uh, transition centers to better serve those with difficult paths. Again, if you've got a difficult past, maybe this is an avenue for you to get in and involved and help other people. Foster and Adoption Family Support Group. A missions focus bringing water wells to indigenous villages. Marriage mentoring program where you take newly married couples, hello, this is going to help some people, take newly married couples and partner people with married couples who have some years under the belt and understand, hey, just because you have a fight doesn't mean it's time to talk to a divorce attorney. It's time to get open and honest and walk through your situation. 
a missions focus, prayer focus, impacting drug lords in Latin America, a Destiny Business Owners Association where people in the church who own businesses can come together and help develop each other and utilize the gifts and talents that are in this very room, transitional living for residential discipleship programs, expanded ministries to seniors, handyman, help with food, clothes, wellness, visitation, people who can't leave their home. Maybe the church should show up and help. Sober living ministry. Certified programs for teaching medical skills to people in the community that need it. Christian counseling and support. What about this? What if you had a Destiny Bible study that you could just click to on version? A Bible study app to help develop people to grow deeper. Stories of people among us coming, celebrating the testimonies that God's done. Let me just tell you, if we've got a list like this of what we are doing outside of these walls, we better have a place we can come together and celebrate because lives are going to be transformed and things are going to be changed. Hospital prayer and visitation for people who are sick or in the hospital. And over spring break, this is a great idea that Pastor Tabitha came up with. Over spring break, we're actually going to be doing an apartment outreach to the apartment complex right here on this corner. She came and said, hey, I got this idea. This would be great. All these kids are going on ski trips and going on trips for spring break. Why don't we go to a part of our community that's not going to get to go anywhere? Some of them might not even get to eat because they're not going to school that week. And let's provide a service. Let's provide something fun and entertaining and share Jesus and provide something to people who are going to enrich their lives. Maybe that's a God kind of idea. How many of you think that everything I'm listing would transform our community? How many of you in this room, your lives have been transformed by the ministry of this house? How many of you think maybe it's significant that this is the year that God's put in our heart another service in another location so that we can bring these ideas and develop them and drop them and deposit them in another part of the city so that God can do there what he's doing here as another expression of destiny in another part of our community. So what's that step for you? Where are you going to get involved? What is it in your life that you need to turn over so that you can be who God's called you to be? If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're in here right now and you say, The soil of my life isn't where it needs to be. Today, I need God to turn some things over. I need him to soften my heart in some areas and allow him to make deposits in me that I can truly be who he's called me to be. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God, I pray right now for every person who had the courage to lift their hand. God, I pray that you would empower them right now. God, that you would reveal to them the stones that need to be removed, the areas that need to be plowed bring relationships in that would help them and partner them to bring roots and stability to be who you've called them to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.